0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of the Area 13 E-Bikes podcast. If you're new to the show, this is absolutely the best place to learn all about electric bikes, products related to them, and most importantly, the people behind the scenes. I'm Jessica, part of the team with Area 13 E-Bikes, and on today's episode, you'll learn more about a style of e-bike that's becoming more popular not just for the looks, but also the performance. Today's guest is Andrew Davidge, founder of Vintage Electric Bikes. Back in 2013, Andrew, patiently tinkering around in his parents' garage at the time, took an early iteration of a few vintage electric bikes to a prestigious vintage car show in Monterey.
1: And people started asking if they could purchase them. I, uh, pulled a little bit of money together, built a couple prototypes, and we went down to Pebble Beach Car Week, and we ended up selling 35, 40 of them that weekend. And that's when I dropped out of school, rented, rented a little warehouse, and we we started building.
0: This is the Area 13 eBikes Podcast. On today's episode, we have Andrew Davidge, and he is the president and CEO of Vintage Electric Bikes. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Your website is uh, very user-friendly, but I think the one thing that I'm more impressed with are your bikes. These are really cool-looking electric bikes. Can you tell me a little bit more about your company?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, We've been building and shipping bikes since 2012, uh, 2013. And really, I mean, it started from... A passion of all things that go fast on wheels. So, you know, our company is really what happens when car and motorcycle enthusiasts come together and decide to build an electric bike. Yeah. And, you know, the first time we rode the prototype, we were, you know, a lot of the guys at the company that still work here were the first ones that built that prototype in, the, in our garage. But we rode it for the first time. We're like, wow, this is a completely different vehicle. And, and I guess just we were hooked.
0: So, really being a motorcycle enthusiast, that's, What led you to design it the way that you did?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, it's really just trying to bring that fast motorcycle automotive experience into the e-bike world.
0: The throttle bikes say thrill of a motorcycle, simplicity of a bicycle. I think that's very well said, but how fast can those throttle bikes go?
1: In the United States, they're completely compliant class two e-bikes. So they can go up to a top speed of 20 miles per hour operated by the throttle. Uh, The pedal assist system on there can make them go a little bit faster. But we also offer a thing for our customers called race mode. And you plug this key in. It's a beautiful machined billet aluminum key that you click into the side of the battery box and it unlocks the bikes. And our 72 volt range gives it 4,000 watts of power and gives you a top speed of 40 miles per hour for off-road private property only.
0: Wow, I'm a bit speechless. That is so fast. Obviously, that is for off-road because you'd need a pretty good helmet for that kind of speed.
1: Yeah, definitely. We do sell a lot of bikes in Indonesia and other parts of the world where they don't have the same regulations as the US. And as a company, we don't want to get into the top speed wars. Uh, So what we've done is we've really re-engineered our drivetrain for that low-end torque. So that zero to 20, zero to 25 mile an hour acceleration, all of our new 2022 bikes have a lot of torque just to fill in that. Because that's really what our customers are asking for is they want insane hill climbing ability and that zero to 20 mile an hour acceleration really puts a grin on their face.
0: (laughs) I bet, that sounds like a ton of fun. So you do have your factory showroom where people can come in and check those out in person. Where's that located?
1: We're in Santa Clara, California. So right next to the San Jose Airport, up about 45 minutes south of San Francisco.
0: Oh, okay. That's really convenient. And can they test ride them on a track or do you have anything like that?
1: We have a really big parking lot where you can test out race mode. And then, you know, we have employees here that'll take you out for, you know, 20, 30 minute ride if you want to go out there and ride the bikes.
0: Oh, so fun. Looks like you also are suggesting helmets. I would think though, if you're getting someone on an unlocked vehicle like that, you would want a helmet more like a motocross helmet. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Bicyclists can go, you know, first of all, in our parking lot, you're not hitting that 40 mile an hour top speed. But, you know, bicycles go 40 miles an hour. I, I grew up racing bikes and bicycles do go that fast. The helmets that we use are a really nice helmet manufactured by a company called Thousands. But we also, you know, recommend that customers purchase any helmet that makes them feel comfortable. Our number one priority though is making sure our customers do wear helmets. <laughs> yeah. Cuz for for some people they don't think it looks cool. So, you know, basically we we won't sell a bike to someone if they don't want to wear a helmet on it.
0: Oh, good. Well, that's important. I know that we also sell helmets by Cali Protectives and they do make helmets that are in more of that motorcycle motocross style and we also firmly believe that safety is important. So, if you're going to be on a vehicle that has that much power and that much speed, it's really important to be smart. And I think it looks a lot cooler to wear a decent helmet than uh, to get hurt on something that you've invested so much time and money into.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, what is your most popular model? I'm looking at a few. I mean, even some that I wouldn't mind riding, but I'm curious what most people go for.
1: Yeah. So we have two different platforms. There's our throttle bike, which do give that motorcycle experience with the simplicity of a bicycle. And our, our best sellers there are our Roadster, Scrambler, and then the collaboration that we did with the Shelby. It's really the same bike. It's pick your flavor. Right now, the Roadster is selling best for us. Then it goes to our new Tracker Classic line. And that's really more for a customer that wants an upright, comfortable riding experience, doesn't care about the crazy 40 mile an hour top speed, just wants a you know high quality bike that has a lot of low end torque to get them up steep hills in their neighborhoods and comfort being kind of first and foremost on that one with the upright handlebar. Uh, And then we have our Cafe Rally line, which is a traditional class three pedal assist electric bike. Doesn't have the thumb throttle on there. Um, So they're all kind of popular in their own right, but we're really known for those 72 volt high performance bikes. And that's what a lot of people come to us for.
0: Is that where you started? Was more on that top end?
1: Yeah, performance oriented. They didn't Mm -hmm. have nearly the amount of low end torque that they do now. and they had a 36 mile an hour top speed, but that's definitely where we started. It's a company of people that love performance and that's what we build.
0: Fantastic. So do you have a large team handling all of this?
1: Yeah. So we have we have employees in Taiwan that handles a lot of our manufacturing. And then we have a team here in Santa Clara, California. So, you know, for us, we don't just sell bikes. It's also, you know, how do you treat the customer after they've got purchased that bike, you know, for future upgrades or if something goes wrong with it or they want to move or they want to bring the bike on vacation. So we do have a big customer service team here, which is always willing to pick up the phone, talk to any of our customers, no matter what they need.
0: So do you help them figure out how to transport the bike, suggesting bike racks, maybe all connecting of, with others to go bike riding on vacation?
1: All of the above. You know, We've even sent bikes out to folks so they could have them on their wedding day so they could ride away from their wedding venues. And that's really what we pride ourselves in customer service. Also upgradability. So when we make... You know, for example, we just launched our new 72-volt drivetrain. We make sure that all that technology is backwards compatible, even to our bikes from 2013. So a lot of that is, you know, helping customers get their bikes upgraded. And what we do now is we'll pick the bike up from the customer's doorstep anywhere in the United States, bring it back to our shop. We do a full refurbishment program where they get all the new technology and then they get, the bike gets delivered, fully charged, right back to the doorstep, ready to ride.
0: Wow, I've never heard of that before. That's really good service.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just, you know, electric bikes are can solve a lot of the world's problems when it comes to climate change and just traffic, all of those things. But what we hate to hear are electric bikes that no longer work after a year or two of ownership and they become paperweights in someone's garage. So, you know, we took a stand against that. We said we're always going to make replacement parts. And even go beyond that and always make upgrades so people can upgrade their bikes as they use them throughout the years.
0: That's really important. So you're going beyond that year, manufacturer warranty, some companies offer too. but really it sounds like you're making something that's built to last. It's not just something that, you know, maybe you'll run out of parts later.
1: Yep, exactly. And our bikes come with a full two year, no questions asked warranty. And then beyond that, we always offer upgrades for those customers you know, we always make sure that we have these parts. And that comes from our love of, you know, classic vintage vehicles. And, you know, I love vintage cars. I love vintage motorcycles. But we want our bikes to do that same thing where someone could get one in 40 years and you can still take it on the road and enjoy it.
0: Are they easy to do maintenance on?
1: Super easy. So that die cast aluminum battery box that you see sitting in the middle of the frame, the battery and all the electrical components are mounted to that. Also heat sinks. So that works as a big heat sink, to pull the heat out of the, out of the electrical components. But basically if a customer wants to service the bike themselves, we can supply different components or they can take that box, put it into a shipping container, get it back to us. We can do all the work here in house and get it back to them. And it's just eight volts to remove that.
0: Oh, okay. So that's not bad. Do yeah. you have videos and stuff on YouTube to show how to do all of this?
1: Yeah, we have, you know, our service team has, you know, a huge portal of SOPs and videos for our customers. We don't necessarily make that public, but we do have the full list of SOPs and service materials for our retailers and for our direct customers that we're helping over the phone.
0: Awesome. So how did you get into motorcycles in the first place? Because I know that you have a team of really, you know, enthusiastic and passionate people, but how did you get into it?
1: You know, I don't necessarily know. My dad's an artist and my mom works in design and architecture. So they weren't into necessarily fast things on wheels. But when I was three, I would beg my dad to go down to the Harley Davidson dealership and he would read me the Harley Davidson catalogs as my bedtime story. So I don't know how I got it in my head, but I did. And I just fell in love with things on wheels. And, you know, as I got older, I started racing bicycles all around the United States and, you know, just fell in love with it. I don't know what's wrong with me. Probably something. No, um,
0: that's interesting. It really is. Entrepreneurship, I think, starts in a very young age. So that's really cool that you were into that. So did you go to college or school to learn how to work on motorcycles?
1: No, not at all. I wanted to go, you know, design is my passion, you know, so I do like wrenching and building things, but there's people that are better at that than me. I love design. So that idea was to go to community college, then go down to the Art Center in Pasadena for Transportation Design School. And when I built the first prototype of one of our bikes and people started asking if they could purchase them, I uh, pulled a little bit of money together, built a couple prototypes, and we went down to Pebble Beach Car Week. And we ended up selling 35, 40 of them that weekend. And that's when I dropped out of school, rented a little warehouse, and we, we started building them.
0: Wow. How old were you? Uh,
1: 21, 22.
0: Oh my gosh! Most twenty-one-year-olds wouldn't have that much uh, interest in making a small dream become a big reality. That's really neat.
1: Well, I think that's true, but also I think t- the twenty-one-year-old energy helped get it off the ground. <laughs> I bet <laughs> we were sleeping so- in the warehouse, welding frames, painting them in-house. I mean, it was it was like three years of nothing other than building bikes, making videos about and about them, getting our idea out to the world. It was fun. I'm not sure if I'd have the energy to do it again.
0: What was the size of your team when you're putting in all of that work?
1: You know, it was six of us. I shared a warehouse with a friend and he was building custom Harleys. And you know, there's about six of us that were there. And you know, Brian Hamilton and Eddie Johnson, they're still with the company today. Brian's our director of operations and Eddie's our head of sales. And it was just kind of a motley crew of folks, bolting bikes together and getting them out to the world.
0: And so, how big is the team now? Uh, we've
1: got about fifteen people now, so it's not it's not a big team. But we've not gone down the route of venture capital raising money. You know, we're really growing this business the old-fashioned way through our own profits and being able to build the bikes that we want to build.
0: Yeah, and that's actually often better when you have solid team members and you know that those people are basically handpicked. You don't want to water it down too much by just exploding too quickly. That's actually really smart.
1: You know. I'll take it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just my two cents, but you know.
1: Yeah, so, it's great. I mean, our team here is like family. You know, we treat each other like family and treat our customers like family. And it's such a great place to come into work every day. I pinch myself that I get to come in here and work with these folks. It's it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. But even though you have a small team, you make bikes that are very specialized, not using that brand name, but I, I'm just yeah. saying they're very specialized in the look and the feel and how you can change things around. You actually got Jay Leno's attention. Can you tell me about that experience?
1: Yes, that, that's, that was kind of another one of those things that helped explode the company to where it is today. But um, yeah, so we were invited to be on Jay Leno's garage and he invited us down and was just the nicest guy. And back in high school, we had a really great metal shop. So I love building small steam engines. And we, we even built you know, a race truck down there. But So we connected on steam engines and he hung out with us for the full day and got pizza for everyone and went for a bike ride. And it was just so cool to see the collection of all things car motorcycle he has down there. And he's a true car motorcycle enthusiast. He loves it and he wants to share it with people. And it, it was just a pinch yourself moment for sure.
0: <laughs> I bet. So does he own one of your bikes now?
1: He does. He has two of them down there in his garage. I mean, he's got so many cool things to ride. I'm not sure how often he rides them, but he's got two down there. Awesome. Which ones? They were actually our older model. We don't make anymore called the cruise. And it was kind of a, you know, very art deco inspired beach cruiser model.
0: Ooh, so fancy. I like it. Did he reach out to you? I'm not sure
1: how that went to be honest. It's been a while, but I believe we reached out, one of my partners here, Nick, who's still with the company, um, he made friends with one of the producers on the show. And I think they just, he sent him a picture and said, hey, what do you think about this? And one thing led to another and we were sitting in Jay Leno's garage.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, what a fun story. So tell me, where are you going to take your company next? I mean, there's a lot of options. You could create more models. You could just keep working on what you have. What do you think you're going to do next?
1: I think it's First and foremost it's going to be pushing the envelopes on performance. And I don't think performance necessarily means top speed or you know crazy fast bikes, but you know always continuing to develop new battery technology, extend the range for our riders, make sure we're listening to our customers and integrating those new features into the product. Cuz we're all tinkerers here and we love continuing to evolve the product. So I think that's first and foremost. And then it's just getting more eyeballs on the brand and and getting these bikes out into the wild. It's pretty cool. You, know, you ship one bike to a new town somewhere and all of a sudden five or six of their friends come back and then there's a little squad rolling around. And it's just one of the coolest feelings on earth. I was in Portugal a few years ago and all of a sudden one of our bikes came zipping past me and I was just like, what? Who is that? <laughs> it, was so, it was just such a cool thing. So you know, continuing to get more bikes into the world and, and continuing to always make them better.
0: Yeah, that's what it's all about. But it sounds like you're creating little e bike gangs all over the world. That's fantastic.
1: We actually had two guys from San Diego that were Hells Angels, and they're <laughs> too old to ride their Harleys. So we have two Hells Angels in uh, in San Diego ripping around on our bikes, which is pretty cool.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. I hope you have pictures of that. That'd be great to put on social media.
1: I'm not sure if we share the pictures like that, but, <laughs> but so yeah. Funny.
0: Amazing. <laughs> so I'm looking at the 72 volt Roadster. Adding on some options, I noticed that there is not a front fender and that fork is pretty massive. Can you tell me a little bit more about that fork and why there's not a front fender?
1: Yeah. So for those bikes, it's more of a performance look. So we just have that shorty rear fender um, where our comfort line does have the front fender. Also just the aesthetic of mounting a fender on an inverted style fork is something that is taking a little bit of engineering time from us uh, so we can get that aesthetic because what a lot of people do on inverted front suspension forks is they just mount the fender to the top of it so you have a big gap between the front tire and the fender that's more Mm -hmm. of like a motocross style fork so we're working on a mount that actually mounts to the bottom of the inverted fork and then allows that fender to have that clean line just right above the front tire um, and then that will be an accessory upgrade that any of our customers can purchase in the future.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. With that inverted fork with the fender, I have seen that actually on one of our bikes. It is quite high, but it's that high for a reason. And these are definitely two different styles. So that does make sense. But at first glance, I was thinking, gosh, I kind of feel like that needs something. But That makes a lot of sense now.
1: Yeah. and it, And it's the, you know, the aesthetics of everything and just making sure that anything we produce matches that aesthetic. And if we can't do that, we're not going to sell it. The front fender for the suspension fork definitely is in the works.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that look. It's uh it would change things a lot. It would probably turn people off if you didn't do it right. So that makes sense to wait.
1: Yeah. And and really what that mount is for is so we can bring that front suspension fork onto the tracker classic. It does have those full fenders.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense too. So with e-bikes in general, the industry has been really creative since uh, things have changed in the last couple of years. And actually, I think things have actually exploded. But what are your predictions for the e-bike industry as a whole going forward?
1: Predictions for the industry as a whole? I think there's just so many different categories. But I think that the e-mountain bike recreation stuff is going to continue to grow as people just fall in love with getting into the outdoors more and more. And then I'm really excited about this throttle-operated light moped category of electric bikes, which is what our throttle bikes would fall into. And I'm just really excited about that category. It's it's truly a vehicle that people can use to get around town instead of a big, heavy motorcycle or even their car. And that's what we're really leaning into is building those lightweight motorcycles to get people around their city, but making it as easy to use as a bicycle.
0: Yeah. Those car replacements, so important with gas prices going up and no end in sight. E-bikes for sure are going to just keep becoming more and more popular. I'm really glad that you're filling a need. I know there are other bikes out there that that look similar, but they're definitely not the same. And most of them that I've seen in this style are definitely not able to be worked on easily by the customer. So the fact that you can upgrade them, even if they're older, is really impressive.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of kind of vintage beach cruiser looking electric bikes out there, but I think that what we do well is we blend that aesthetic with true performance. Um, And then also just the ease of use and maintenance on it is a big deal for people.
0: Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for everything. This has been a really great experience and I just can't wait to see what you do next. I'm just really impressed by everything Vintage Electric Bikes has going on.
1: Thanks, I appreciate having me on. And uh, if you're ever up in the Santa Clara area, come by and grab a bike and go for a ride.
0: (laughs) I would love to, thank you. We love sharing more about e-bikes and the people behind those brands. So if you have a great suggestion, email us at info at area13ebikes.com. And if you want to share how you're getting involved in your e-bike community or what you want to learn about next, please let us know. Oh, and don't forget to check the show notes for helpful links on Vintage Electric Bikes, how to join our community on Facebook how you can sell or buy a bike with e-bike search and how to get some of our e-bikes that are in stock or on pre order. Oh, and before I forget, you absolutely need to be at this event. If you're in the Grass Valley, California area, join us at our customer appreciation day, which is taking place at our headquarters on 13120 John Bauer Avenue in Grass Valley. And that's going to happen on August 6th from 9am to 3pm. We will have opportunities for you to win an e-bike, sales that are just way too good, test rides, massive amounts of fun, and don't forget the ice cream. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Area 13 e-bikes podcast. See you next week.